Thank you for downloading the Flixsters podcast. On this week's episode, and I'm telling you, this guy, if he is Dr. Doom, then it will be Doom. This was a low point for me, man. Seriously, I just, I got bored. Oh, she is a gangster. She needs to be respected she needs to be in the next expendables man they need to call her it says over mgm the hollywood studio behind the james bond and rocky franchises is up for sale with a price tag of more than five billion us dollars yeah i I fell asleep in it and i I woke up towards the end when they were fighting and fans of sex in the city they are actually going to be doing a reboot when i first you know what for me the the (laughs) wonder woman in batman superman just her little cameo in that was better than the whole film for me when she entered that film and we heard that music. Hello and a very merry Christmas, if we haven't already said it. But actually, hang on, by the time people listen to this one, Devaldo, it's going to be yeah. New Year's. Happy so listen, year. Happy New Year. Welcome <laughs> to 2021. This is the first episode of 2021. We are the Flicksters and we have been doing this show for a long time and we love it. We're going to mm-hmm. keep on doing it. And we're here to talk movies. So, Devaldo, um, what are we doing first? Ooh. Shout outs. Yeah, shout outs. But you're right. It's going to be Happy New Year, isn't it? It's uh, literally yeah. 2021 now, hopefully. Uh, we never know. I mean, it's been, been a crazy 2020, isn't it? So Crazy. Yeah, but yeah Happy New Year, guys. And I uh, hope 2021 is going to be a better one for everyone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, first couple of shout outs go out to uh, G underscore underscore X. Uh, and also Natalie24, and they both uh, gave us a shout out on Instagram in relation to coming to America. Mm. Yes, the trailer dropped uh, a few days ago or about a week ago, and uh, we put the post on Instagram, and it took a lot of, well, it got a lot of response actually, because it seems like a, you know, a lot of people, uh, everyone, yeah, everyone can't wait for this one. This is a generational, like the last one, the last time it came out was 1980. I want to say 88, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. And I mean, come on, this is ages. This, like, this, this, this sequel has been ages in the making. Some people say it shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't, they shouldn't do a sequel. They should leave it alone. Others are like, nope, we want it. We want it. We want it. Yeah. I want to see what happens. Arsenio Hall. You, you, you want to see it? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see it. I see the thing is, right. Listen, one thing, let me let, just, everyone just, if you haven't seen the trailer, um, there's no CGI involved. And when I mean no CGI involved, look oh, at Eddie yeah, Murphy, right? Yeah. This guy, oh my gosh, he is looking as fresh as he, you know, the day he walked out of Zamunda, man. I'm seriously, this guy <laughs> is like, honestly, this guy, he's just like, he's like Benjamin Button. Do you know that? Like, he's just, he's just like that crazy, man. But yeah, man. So I'm really looking forward to coming to America too. But yeah, absolutely. If you go online, there's loads of people that say, oh, why are you messing around with this? Crazy, crazy. But yeah, I can't wait for that one. It's coming out on Amazon Prime uh, in March. So not long to wait for that one. Yeah. So all good. So yeah, those are the shout outs for this week. Brilliant. All right. Okay. Let's crack into movie news. So um, I think it was last week, I think we started speaking a little bit about The Witcher and we said, oh, you know, there was kind of you know, the whole tier system in back in the UK has messed things up for filming of a lot of TV shows and uh, some films. Well, the big news coming out of uh, that whole thing was uh, The Witcher. This uh, second season, it's going to be coming. And we know that Henry Cavill's coming back. And um, 
But one thing that might people might not know is that there's actually going to be a spin-off Duvaldo. Have you heard about this one? Mm. Yeah, I think this one's been looking around for a while, but I think it's finally sort of been confirmed and it is actually, you know, going ahead. And I think the sort of pre-production stages are happening. Uh, but yeah, I mean, The Witch of Season 2 is already happening, like you say. I think we mentioned something a while ago about, you know, uh, Aquaman, uh, Carl Drogo, uh, Jason yeah. Momoa, that's his name. I, always, I, I often remember those, the, the character, the character names. names. <laughs> not his real name, not his government. But yeah, so the spinoff uh, for The Witcher, uh, Blood Origin, wow. uh, the spinoff uh, should be called. Uh, obviously, that can, also, that can always change. But yeah, Blood Origin seems to be the spinoff. And it's looking at uh, origins of the sort of Witcher bloodline and where the Witchers came from. Because the Witcher is a... Uh, even though we know it as we know him as you know Henry Cavill's character, what's his name, Geralt of Rivia. Yeah, uh, the Witcher is like a, it's like a role because it's like a person. It's like a, like you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not fixed. Someone else can be the Witcher for a specific amount of time, and you know, it's like you know, the, the the Witchers can be different people over time. Right. So this is in, this is going to look at the origins of where perhaps the witches sort of, you know, spawned from why they, you know, why they were needed, you know, in those treacherous times and magic and mystery and all that kind of shit was going wow. on. So uh, it's going to delve a bit more into that. So I, I would think it's going to be obviously like a prequel type situation. Sure, I don't sure. think it will be a uh, sort of following from the Witcher uh, season that we saw, but, but yeah. you never know. You never know. And there was talk also, I mean, I'm not sure if you heard about this as well, or maybe our listeners heard about this, but there was also talk about an, a, another spin-off, like an anime one as well. And this one Ooh. being called Nightmare of the Wolf. And appar apparently there's going to be something being, something's going to be released in 2021. And obviously it's, it's, it's from the same people who, you know, bring us The Witcher. But it's just like, a, they're really trying to, Netflix are really trying to expand this whole Witcher universe development. Mm, mm, mm. And you know what? It's like, I mean, look at it. Look at the world we live in now. 2020, cinemas didn't happen. All the blockbusters weren't released. Uh, and look at, look at the, the, the sort of news that's got us the most excited about 2021 are the things that are coming out on the streaming platforms, Disney mm. Plus, HBO Max, all of that. So it looks like, you know, the, the streaming wars and the streaming platforms could be the way forward. So it looks like, you know, putting all the efforts and money into you know, net, uh, Witcher spin-offs could, you know, it's the way forward, you know, and it is, making it is. sure you expand that universe. It is, it's really good. Yeah. I, I, um, this is, here's a little plug. I've, uh, I, I, I wrote an article basically for, um, this, this, uh? Yeah, I wrote an article. About, I've got to send it to you, by the way. Um, I wrote, and I'm going to put it on our. I'm going to put it on our Instagram and Twitter stuff as well. But I wrote an article, and basically in an article, I speak about this whole thing about this this connected universe. So this thing where you go to the cinema. Well, if you can go to the cinema, you watch a movie in the cinema. And then the streaming platform, they'll make something connected to that movie. And then there'll be this connected universe and there'll be characters like mixing with each other. Man, that is what's going to happen. And I kind of speak about this. So yeah, exactly what you, you know, what you're saying right now, that is what's going to be happening more in 2021. So um, yeah, so keep a lookout for that one, folks. Keep a, I'm, I'm sure Netflix, they're going to be doing more of this sort of stuff. But yeah, The Witcher is coming. And we'll, we'll keep you uh, posted on that one. Let's move on to some other news now. The Russo brothers, they obviously, you know, huge, 
you know, they became so obviously famous because of, you know, Marvel and, you know, Endgame, Infinity War. They've made some great movies, Civil War, you know, great, 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 great movies. They then turned up on um, Netflix. They were the producers behind Extraction, which is this great action movie starring Chris Hemsworth Thor. And now Millie Bobby Brown, um, it looks like as if she's in the Endgame. She's going to be working with the Russo brothers for a sci-fi movie. Yeah, the Russo brothers are behind it as well. So again, they, the Russo brothers, they're kind of this creative team. They're working with obviously Marvel. They're working with Netflix. They, they, you know, they've got projects lined up here and there. I mean, they, they are choosing and picking whatever they want to do, right? Yeah, they're like the George Foreman of movie producers <laughs> right now. You know, it's so good. They put their name on it. That shit's going to sell. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So this thing that they're working with Millie Bobby Brown is is yeah. a graphic novel and it's um it's called The Electric State and it follows yep. a teenage girl, uh well I'm assuming it's it's Brown, in an alternate future who encounters a strange but sweet robot she soon realizes was sent by her missing brother. So she and the robot set out to find him journeying through a world of humans mixing with all manner of robots. So mm-hmm action comedy you know this buddy buddy thing going on with human and a robot we've seen it before as well in movies but the russo brothers' take on that with the comedic talents and the acting talents of millie bobby brown should be interesting i, I think no no it should be good she's uh she's like the one to go go to you know uh when it comes to this kind of you know uh coming of age type situations you know stranger things uh and it sounds like this uh artificial intelligence slash human intelligence uh, sort of, you know, situation could be quite decent. And yeah. you're getting quite a lot of these uh, uh, sort of graphic novel-y kind of uh, depictions being, you know, translated on screen. Uh, you're getting quite a lot of uh, movies and shows that kind of blend, uh, you know, technology and uh, the sort of perils of technology and what technology could bring, you know, regarding human existence, but then looking at how to keep the humanity side of things as well. You know, and I think uh, that could really come together if they do it well, which I'm pretty sure they will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, sounds really good. All right, let's move on now to uh, Deadpool 3 news. Deval, what you got for us? Yeah, Daphne is keen <laughs> to return as X-23. Yeah. You're thinking, Daphne is keen? No, that's not her name. Her name is Daphne Keen. Uh, you might know her as... Uh, X-23, who was in, uh, you know, Wal- Lo- Logan, I should say, Logan, actually. Yeah. The young girl uh, who was like Logan's clone or daughter. I think her name was Laura Linney or something. I could be getting that wrong. But uh, but yeah, she is keen to come back as X-23 in the upcoming Deadpool 3 movie. Hasn't been confirmed. She's literally just said in an interview uh, that, you know, there's rumors about that happening. I can see the dynamic of that working because mm. her character works really well with the grumpy kind of, you know, uh, Logan. Uh, and I think there's that disparity of, you know, one, one's, one's, you know, young and one wants to do stuff and is rough around the edges, doesn't follow the rules. And then the other one is a bit, you know, weathered and grumpy. But I think with Deadpool, it will work in the opposite way because Deadpool is very, obviously he's a madman. <laughs> but I think as uh, X-23... As she grows up, I reckon she'll be more like Wolverine. She'll be the grumpy teenage, ah. teenager, a bit like Negasonic Teenage Warhead, but a yes. bit more hardcore. So I think that kind of, you know, 
mm, that kind of blend could work, I think. It could, it yeah, could. could yeah, could she's work. got a bit more bite, like, you know, to her. So it's like, yeah. um, yeah, man, that sounds, that sounds really good. Yeah, man, Daphne Keen, she was great in that. I remember Devout, remember Jeez. that we watched it, we watched it in cinema together. And, yeah. um, yeah, man, she's that really was good. great. I, I didn't know she's British and she's also in, uh, his dark materials. I had no idea she was British at wow. all. Wow. I didn't yeah, know she's that. Good. did not know that. She's really good. Yeah. She's in his dark materials. Season two is, uh, currently happening now on, uh, on BBC here in the UK. I think okay. it might be, uh. HB, no, it's not, it's not HB. I don't know what network it is worldwide, but in the in the UK, it's BBC, and it's, it looks like a like a line which in the wardrobes, quite you know Harry Potter slash situation. So interesting, yeah, interesting stuff. All right, okay, so yeah, we'll keep you posted on that one. Uh, always looking forward to any Deadpool news. Uh, all right, let's oh, speak yeah. about Giancarlo Esposito. People might know him as uh, well. Right now, they'll probably know him as Gideon. Moff, no, it's Moff Gideon, isn't it? Moff Gideon. Gideon. Yeah, Moff Gideon. I, I know it was another G. As another <laughs> G as well. Yeah. Breaking Bad. I mean, people will know him from Breaking oh. Bad, Los Los Hermanos Pollos. And um, ah. yeah, man, it's just this cool cat of, a, of of an actor. So what's mm. going on? Is he, Could we see more of him on our screens? This guy can do anything. Like he is, he's one of those like, uh, he's... I don't know, he's like, he's like the Samuel L. Jackson, the, yeah. the Morgan Freeman of the acting world, because it's like, obviously I'm not, I'm not dissing, dissing his ex, his experience or his CV, but I had never seen him before Breaking Bad. And yep. he, even when he came out in Breaking Bad, he wasn't a young man. No. But it seems like ever since then, this guy can, any role he wants to do, he just dominates it. Like it's you say, so we true. saw him in Moff Gideon, he's excellent in that. He's also, he's also been in, uh, what else was he? Was in, he was in The Boys, wasn't he? He's in The Boys as well. Oh, yeah. He's the, the he's, owner of Vought. Yeah, he's, he's not got a, well, he has got a big part in that. But for some reason, it's like he's just, I don't know, he just blends in between the shows. <laughs> just, it's, like he's, it's so he's cold, isn't free he? agent. Yeah. <laughs> but to answer your question, yeah. So the rumor is uh, that uh, Giancarlo Esposito is supposed to be playing or rumored to be uh, playing Doctor Doom in the new Fantastic Four. Ooh. I mean, I've seen the sort of uh, the the art, you know, what, what do they call it? The fan art, yeah. The, yeah the the, fan I've art, seen the yeah. fan art of it. And I'm telling you, this guy, if he is Doctor Doom, then it will be Doom for a lot of people. He is just not to be messed with. You, you know, he, the way he can act already, the way he, he can just look at you, he just, yeah. He's not to be messed with. If this happens, it'll be good. It might be, I don't know. I think him, he, 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 I kind of like him. He might be everywhere too much. I don't know if, if, if I know you what know. you mean. You know what I mean, I don't you think know, I can go against him. <laughs> You're not even, I'm so glad that you said that. We can speak about this later on when we, we speak about the main movie. And when I'm, I'm talking, I'm going to be talking about, um, uh, Pedro Pascal and it was the strangest of things to see Pedro Pascal in Wonder Woman because I see him in obviously um, you don't see him in um, in Mandalorian that much and then you kind of see him in in Wonder Woman and you're like shit uh, yeah shit he's in the Mandalorian and like because he's got all this talk about but then uh, I put on a movie for the kids called We Can Be Heroes and Pedro Pascal turned up in that as well and I'm like shit wherever I go now I'm seeing Pedro Pascal so is this the kind of like what exactly what you're saying are we seeing too much of him but let's just we'll yeah. speak about that later on but yeah I know what you mean about seeing people um, too much yeah and it's also when they're in a big role as well yeah. there's, there's no hiding and Obviously, that's going to be all over the poster and stuff. So, 
it kind of, yeah. But I mean, yeah, he's, he's a great actor, so I'm not surprised everyone wants a piece of him. But I wonder yeah. who else. I mean, they say uh, the, uh, the Krasinskis might be involved in yeah. Fantastic Four. Talking John Krasinski and what's it, uh, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Uh, she might be you know, uh, Sue Storm. I'm not sure about casting for the other roles, you know, uh, Johnny Storm and The Thing. Not too sure about that, but I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure whoever they cast, they're going to do a good job. Marvel's casting is usually on point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we will be right there watching that movie with the family. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, let's speak about this guy. Now, this guy, he's had a bit of a strange kind of relationship with the film industry. And, you know, he's had his ups and downs behind the screen, in front of the screen. We've, I'm, I'm talking about Sheila LaBeouf. And, you know, just recently you watched a movie of his called The Peanut Butter Falcon. And, you know, you had some really great reviews of that one. And it, it, that's on my list as well. He then directed, he made his film directorial debut which a lot of people said was really really good and you know he's been involved with activism as well he's been an activist somehow he's been got arrested for getting drunk and all this sort of stuff and loads of shit going on over there but apparently LeBeouf got the buff he got fired from a, a movie devour tell us about this yeah <laughs> this guy is a joker he's I don't know maybe he, he was a child actor wasn't he and maybe over the years the you know the constraints and the controls have just made him to like, cause him to snap, but uh, but yeah, this is a psychological thriller uh, centering around a unhappy housewife uh, in the fifties, and it's called Don't Worry, Darling. This is uh, directed by Olivia Wilde, who is an actress okay. and is also acted in the film as well. Yeah, uh, and it's actually got a great cast: uh, Florence Pugh, she's great, Demi Black Widow. Uh, Chris Pine is in it. Obviously, we're going to be pining about him later. Uh, Gemma Chan, who's been in, uh, she's going to be in Immortal. She was in Humans. Yeah. Uh, I also and saw her in King's Cross a little while King's ago. King's Cross, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Kroll, who's the voice behind Big Mouth. I don't know if you've seen Big Mouth, but the the, no, uh, the but animation on Netflix. Oh, you, need, you need to see it. Just not around I the know, kids. I need yeah, to see it. I know, you need to see it. Harry Styles is in it as well. Uh, Kiki Lane is in it as well. Good cast. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so... The, the name that I haven't mentioned in this cast list <laughs> is Shia LaBeouf because he was being naughty on set. Uh, Olivia Wilde and obviously the other producers said, you know, it's just, it's not going to be viable for them to work with him and for him to be a positive influence on the set. Uh, it was cited as bad behavior. Uh, for him, that could be a whole host of things. Maybe he was, uh, I don't know, it could be, that could be anything, but I think they've put it politely. He's probably doing doing something that obviously is a lot worse than bad behavior, but they, they just don't want to say what it is. Wow. Uh, and yeah, for him to be let go, obviously that's his payday gone. That's his reputation as well going. We've seen some of the things that he's done. He's done. He's done. Like he's just uh, he's he's come out of his shell <laughs> to put it lightly <laughs> over the past few years. And uh, yeah, this guy. I mean, Did we just you, hope he you know he yeah. just thinks about what he's doing and looks after his career. But did you ever see that one way? Did you ever see the one where he was walking on the red carpet and he had just like a paper, brown paper bag yep. over his face yep. Yep. and he had yep. written on there, I am not Sheila yep. Buff. Yeah. So, you know, he's and making was, these statements. Sorry? He's making these kind of like statements and doing this sort of stuff so no one knows exactly what's going on in his head. But check this out. Yeah. In early December, apparently LaBeouf was sued by the musician FK Twigs, who was formerly his girlfriend. Did you hear about this one? Oh, wow. No, no, no. Mm-mm. And Sia, the, another musician, she he was in a music video for Sia, and she turned around and said that he was 
he was controlling, he was manipulative, and he was basically being an asshole. So, um, so wherever this guy goes, unfortunately, this shit happens. And also, just to kind of to add on this, he had a little scuffle with Tom Hardy. Is it? On the, uh, he uh, <laughs> he's he messing with Bane, with Bane, apparently. And he, apparently he punched Tom Hardy on the set of Lawless. Apparently some shit was going on and over there as well. So listen, yeah, loads of drama with this guy, um, mm. which is kind of ironic. Um, all right, okay, Harry let's speak. Harry Styles, by the way. Harry Styles is the one who repla- actually replaced him. Ah, uh, Harry Styles, the movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we saw him in 1917. Uh, I think that he was in that, wasn't he? Oh, he was in, uh, no, uh, uh, my gosh, my mind's gone blank now. The, the Christopher Nolan one. Oh, sorry, the, uh, uh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah, that's the one, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. All right, okay. So yeah, go online, check out LeBeouf and tell us what you think about that one. All right, okay. Now let's speak about Benny Off and Weiss. Remember those guys, the creators of Game of Thrones. Deval, what, what are they doing? Yeah. Well, they're actually on the set of a movie, a uh, sci-fi movie, I believe, uh, by... Uh, I think it's uh, set or the, no, the actual the sci-fi novel or book or story originated from China, and uh, it's one of the China's sort of biggest selling uh, sci-fi uh, stories. And they're making a movie regarding this. It's called The Free Body Problem, uh, and it seems like now they should be changing that title to The Four Body Problem because uh, there was a a poison murder plot on the set of the movie. Can you believe what? it? What? Holy shit. It must have been Essence of Nightshade, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it must have been the, oh or the Strangler. God, that's what, that's the what took strangler. Joffrey, the Strangler. Poison. <laughs> <laughs> what the <laughs> maybe hell? Milk of the poppy. Maybe it was too much milk, milk of the poppy, of the poppy. In, the, in the coffee. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. This is actual... Real life this shit. This is real yeah, life shit. Going one, on. one of the producers was uh, poisoned by another, well, allegedly by another producer. What the I'm not hell? sure what's going on there. Obviously, Benioff and Wise, uh, their names are being, you know, put through the, uh, the, the the motions because they're the big names on the set. But obviously, they've got nothing to do with it. But yeah, this is big news. I mean, they're trying to kill someone through poison <laughs> on, a, on, a, on, a, on a film set. Shit, I'm laughing. And it's, bad. it's not part of the film. That's crazy. Uh, but we just yeah. hope the person, I know. you know, does make a recovery. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just don't know what's going to happen with that one. It was, this was yeah. actually about, about 10 days ago this happened. Shit. You know what? You know they'll end up making a, a movie about the making of the movie. It's just like one of those things, right? If this just turns out, to be what it is and they find out who this is, I'm pretty sure we're going to be seeing more of this. That's mad. Oh, yeah. So yeah, a three uh, body problem. All right. Okay. Deval, were you, did you used to watch, did you ever watch any sex in, sex in the city? I used to love that. I've seen every episode like more than two times. Now, you know, I'm going to admit to something at first I was like, what mm. is this? I'm not going to like this. I'm just not going to be yeah. like, bother watching this thing. <laughs> and I'm not joking, right? <laughs> you know, you end up watching like a few episodes and then you end up watching a few more. And then before you know it, you've seen all six seasons of it. So listen, six, uh, sex and the city is this huge, massive mm. show, like this worldwide phenomena basically on HBO. They made two movies out of it and fans of sex and the city. Uh, you're going to be happy to to know this or find out about this, that they are actually going to be doing a reboot. It's actually being caught. They're labeling it a, what is it? Um, a what? limited series revival that will air exclusively on the, on HBO max. So now we've, we've Deval has already mentioned this about, you know, content coming out on streaming services. If you want to watch 
uh, you know, Sex and City, you're probably most likely going to have to subscribe to HBO Max's new streaming service. So, but check this out. Here is the kicker, though. Kim Cattrall apparently is not going to be returning to the show. How is that even possible? That doesn't surprise me. I mean, she she said for years now that she doesn't want to be involved in it again. And she's got obviously beef with, uh, you know, uh, SJP. Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, it's, I'm not surprised in that at all, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I know, I know. It's just weird though, isn't it? Like they're going to have these kind of, uh, you know, these characters back again and she's not going to be there. What I mean, maybe they write her off or, you know, an off-screen death or something like that. Who knows? But um, apparently there were issues with some uh, Kim Cattrall, uh, Samantha Jones. She had issues with even the films being made and she didn't want to be a part of those. But obviously there was a lot of money involved and obviously they did get made and stuff like that. So... Who knows? Maybe if the price is right, who knows? Maybe she does like show up. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, you know, uh, as they say, money talks, bullshit walks, Devaldo. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Okay. Now <laughs> here's going to, here's some news that you're definitely going to love. Reservoir Dogs. It is one of my favorite Tarantino movies. It's one of his earliest. Well, it's actually, I think it was his film debut. I think it was his film debut. Reservoir Dogs, brilliant, uh, written and directed by uh, Quentin Tarantino, set in kind of like this one location and this kind of, you know, um, this bank heist gone wrong. Well, check this out. Taika Waititi, uh, director of Hunt for the Wilder People, obviously Thor, Love and Thunder, which is going to be coming up. He is actually going to be remaking Reservoir Dogs as a series for FX. And FX, Devaldo, who's that owned by again? Uh, Fox Disney, isn't it? Fox, Disney, so Disney, man, they are behind this. But oh I just gosh. think it's just crazy. So he's going to be making this. Obviously, he's doing um, all the Marvel stuff and he's going to be doing the Star Wars stuff, but he's also working on a Reservoir Dogs series. So check this out. So a press release says the, the new show follows four native teenagers in rural Oklahoma who spend their days committing crime and fighting it. That's all it says. Is it? Okay, okay. That's gonna yeah. be that's gonna be so snappy, so yes. witty, so edgy. You just know it, innit? You just know it. You just know it. His brand of sense of humor and everything, that's all yeah. gonna be in there. So yeah, I don't know when this is coming out. I mean, we don't know any other further information, but as soon as uh, the flixers know it, we will definitely let you know about it. So there's that. And finally, let's just finish off uh film news with this one, Devaldo. James Bond owners, MGM. That huge pff, man, they've been making movies since flipping God was a boy. Um, <laughs> they are looking to sell their film catalog, Devaldo, which also includes uh, James Bond. Apparently, what? no way, no yeah, way, man, no way. They are looking. I'm oh reading the blurb, but this is this was reported in The Guardian. It says over MGM, the Hollywood studio behind the James Bond and Rocky franchises is up for sale with a price tag of more than 5 billion US dollars. Oh my God. What the hell's going on? And they have their back catalogue. Check this out is MGM owns a library of 4,000 film titles and 17,000 hours of TV programming like Gone with the Wind, The Hobbit, to TV hits such as The Handmaiden's Tale, and they own films like Creed, like all the Rocky movies, um, like loads of other stuff, obviously. Uh, but those are the big... But the biggest thing that they've got, obviously, is James Bond. That is mad. Damn. That happened. I mean, who, who, who do you think will buy it? Who's going to get that? It's, it's just like... 
could Disney, could they do another, I don't know, Mickey Mouse on that and bloody just snap it up? It's a lot of money. Isn't that more than what Star Wars went for? That, I think that was three billion, wasn't it, or something? Mm, something Two like or that. three billion. But out of, out of the lot, who, I mean, Apple, Apple is the only other one who could probably take that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, big, that's a big, big uh, responsibility because uh, they've got to do it justice, you know? Exactly, man. Oof, man, that, well, listen, uh, any more news on that one, we'll definitely let you know, but it's big news and uh, it just shows you that, you know, the... I don't know, these big studios, maybe they're just thinking, you know, give our sh- stuff away to uh, the streaming, uh, you know, the streaming giants and, who, you know, whoever that is, the new players might be coming in, who knows, you know, who knows, imagine like a company in China decides to buy all that up, you know, you never know, man, it, it, it could happen, yeah. so they split right. all these things up. Consortium. Yeah, you're right. Exactly, there you go. All right, folks, those are your movie news, and uh, let us know, keep in touch, tell us what you think about that, and if there's any movie news that you know that you want to share with us, please do let us know. Uh, All right, so we're going to add in a little bit of an extra kind of uh, segment to the show. This is 2020 highlights and lowlights, and Devaldo, take us through this, because this is really, really interesting. Yeah, I just thought, you know, do you know what, it's it's the end of the year, and uh, it's been an interesting year. Uh, This year had a lot of promise, uh, you know, not just... TV wise, but you know, movies. We were supposed to get a lot of Marvel. Didn't get a single Marvel movie this year. Yeah, uh, we had one. Well, I guess two DC movies, if you want to call it that. We had uh, uh, Harley. Yeah, Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, so Birds so, of Prey. So Birds of Prey in February, yeah. and then obviously we had uh, Wonder Woman just uh, a few days ago. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's been a very very different uh, different year. So maybe talk about a few highlights and lowlights yeah. and, and bits in between. I've uh, put a few things on the list, but obviously you guys at home uh, do let us know on Instagram or, or Twitter or, you know, anyhow, let us know what you think are your highlights of the year. And if you do, uh, then we will send a Rakuten movie code to the first person that actually, uh, you know, comments in on that. Uh, the first thing I'll put on this list is uh, Tenet. Yeah. Tenet is a, a good, big movie. Uh, you know, obviously Kristen Nolan, Warner Brothers, and uh, yeah, quite a big movie uh, to come out, especially during the pandemic. But uh, yeah, for me, uh, this for, for me it was a highlight. Uh, I've put it down as a split because yeah. it did split a lot of opinions out there. A lot of people didn't get it. A lot of people just thought, what is this? It's too much. It's too complicated. And it kind of, yeah, it really split the room. For me, it was a highlight. And I know for you as well, you enjoyed it. Yeah. But uh, I think a lot of our listeners, they may be a bit, mm, I'm not too sure about this one. But for me, it was very, very ambitious. It was very, uh, like, just very elaborate, very scientific, which I like. Everything I'm saying about it, I like. Uh, A good action movie. The sound was just crazy. Uh, Just the, the whole premise around it was something that you just haven't really seen before. I think it was quite a brave, quite a brave, uh, you know, movie. Uh, and for me, I, I watched it, I think four times in the cinema. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I, <laughs> I know, Matt, I, I know, I, kind of, I, I know exactly what, yeah, I know exactly how you feel. And you know, the thing with me is, is it, when you think about Christopher Nolan movies, they're kind of like these big event movies. He doesn't make, uh, he has made, but he doesn't make kind of like now anyway, he doesn't make kind of small, small movies. This, the budget on this was probably, I think it was around about $205 million plus marketing, plus advertising. So they spent shitloads of money. And the sad thing is, 
not everyone went out to go and see it. And I get it. There was obviously a pandemic. You know, I saw it in cinema. You saw it in cinema. You saw it a lot of times in cinema. And when I went to go see it in cinema, Devado, I'm telling you, there was probably only about 10, it must have been about, there was probably about 10 of us, 10, 15 of us, right, you know, in, in the cinema. And his movies demand that you watch them on the big screen. And just like you said, the storytelling, the action, the... The, the whole setup, man, it's just like, how the hell do they make this movie? So for me, it's a highlight. Like you said, it's ambitious. But again, a lot of people, they just didn't like it. And it's just been released on on streaming now, uh, like on VOD now, I think, maybe a couple of yeah. days ago or maybe a week ago, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So hopefully they'll get to cash in and make some money because I think it did deserve to make money. It deserved to be released when it was you know, busy, but obviously he wasn't able to do that. So it's a bit of a shame. Tenet. Bit, yeah. Bit of a shame that one. Yeah. So I uh, can't wait to revisit that one. Now you, I, I reckon the next one that we speak about, I think unanimously, uh, loads of people across the board are saying that this is definitely a highlight. And I kind of mentioned it a bit before, but yeah, the Mandalorian. So season two of the Mandalorian came out and we only just finished it maybe like about a couple of weeks ago and stuff. And yeah, man, it's been this brilliant ride following you know, Mando, you know, Jin Jarin, Din, is it Din Jarin or Jin Jarin? I can't remember. Um, I think it's Din Jarin, I think. Din Jarin, yeah. So this character, yeah. this kind of mythical, you know, race of, uh, you know, of a, of a person and like, you know, he comes from this, this planet which was destroyed or, now I, I'm still trying to figure out, was it destroyed or it's just, there's no one there? Yeah, there was a war in that, uh, sort of, uh, the, the actual planet still exists, but it's just in ruins and, right, okay. yeah, he, he, they need to go in and actually sort it out. <laughs> yeah, well, he's going to do that in season three. But yeah, De uh, Deval, I mean, it's a high, right? This is clearly a high. Yeah, this is a clear high. Season one, great. Season two, even better. I've not heard anyone speak, you know, ill of uh, the Mandalorian, <laughs> and yeah, I can't wait. I mean, just and the, and the characters they added to season two, obviously Ahsoka. Uh, we had uh, Boba Fett. Yeah, man, who's going to get Boba his Fett. own we had thing? Luke Skywalker. We, I mean, we just uh, crazy, crazy additions, and the, the action scenes. I, I watched uh, uh, the lot the the, the What's the, what's the Skywalker film called again? The, uh, oh, the, the, Last the Rise Jedi. of Skywalker. I watched oh, it again the other yeah. day. Because I wanted to watch some more Star Wars and I couldn't tell the difference between Mandalorian and that. This, oh. The special effects and the sets and all that is just on the next level. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, this is a high, this is a, this is a, this is a, it's like, a, it could be a, like a, a, a decade high, you know, <sighs> if it wasn't, you know, already it's a decade high, I think, Mandalorian. Yeah. It just can't get any better. It's, it's really great. And, you know, let me just kind of quickly just share something with you. You know, like, we have issues with those three, um, you know, The Force Awakens, the, the Jedi movies, and the, the Rise of Skywalker. Lo loads of us have issues with those movies. And there was always something that I wasn't, I, I couldn't put my finger on it. And then when I saw Luke Skywalker turn up in The Mandalorian, I was like... I put my flipping foot down and I was like, oh, this was the issue. We ne After the, the original three movies, we never got to find out what happened to Luke Skywalker. You know? It yeah, was, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, it was always that thing, like what happened to him? Because Mandalorian is set only five or six years after Return of the Jedi. So, it, or The Empire Strikes Back, I can't remember which one. But I mean, it's like, what happened to that guy? And... They just skipped all of that 25, 30 years. 
you know, and I get it because obviously Mark Hamill, he, he got older and stuff and maybe they couldn't do CGI. Well, mind you, they could have done a CGI, couldn't they have? Back then? Uh, not as good, probably, but him? yeah, I mean, yeah, still would have, yeah. But then some, some, some Star Wars fans are like, no, no, don't, don't ruin it, don't ruin it, you know. Yeah. They're quite precious but, about Luke Skywalker. Yeah, there was just a part of me which when I saw him in The Mandalorian, I was like, shit, what did this guy get up to? What was he doing? He must have been, tra- you know, further furthering his training, going out there kicking ass and, you know, being this lone ranger type of a guy. And like, this is what he did. He's got superpowers. He crushed those bad robots and look what happened. So yeah, for me, man, it was a high... If you haven't seen it, go check it out. And um, yeah, that you know that's all we've got to say on that one. Now the next one, definite low point for me, Devaldo. We saw this in the cinema, right? And oh yeah. my gosh, Vin Diesel, man, he's such a great actor. He's got so much charisma. He can do action set pieces. I mean, he's but he made the Fast and the Furious franchise what it is as well, right? He's done Triple X. He's done the Chronicles of Rid- he's Riddick, man. He's he's like you know this kind of he's Groot. And then to turn up in Bloodshot, which <laughs> oh, yeah. is this, which is this other, you know, great, you know, of, uh, is it Vertigo Comics or something? Uh, it's, it's not, no, it's not DC, it's Vertigo or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think Vertigo Comics or one of those. Man, <sighs> this was a low point for me, man. Seriously, I just, I got bored. Like, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, I fell asleep in it and then <laughs> I woke up towards the end when they were fighting and jumping out of the building and it was all CGI and... Ick, yeah, just a bit. Uh, I was disappointed. Yeah. My, my expectations weren't high anyway, so I wasn't too too gutted. But I was like, nah. They, they, they had they had a bit of promise in this one. It could have been a lot better. The guys' powers are next level, you know. But uh, they really did let it down. They really, really did let it down. I, know. I don't know. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. The next one after this is. I may destroy you. I may destroy you. Now, again, if you go online and you check the chit chatter on this one, a lot of people are kind of like split on this one. Divider. For me, I thought it's quite, it's like really powerful storytelling. The story is kind of really shit, man. This is dark. It goes through some like, you know, dark places, this kind of split story, kind of sliding doors type of a moment. Uh, if you haven't seen that film, uh, you know, look it up and you'll kind of get the reference but yeah devout i mean why is why do you think this is split it's split because it's a like you say it, the, the 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 topic and the subject is really delicate it's about you know uh consent um uh, in relationships and what things can mean some things can be like accepted some things are classed as rape and you know uh, uh sexual abuse and things like that really big issues and the way it's depicted in the in the show there's lots of like life happening yeah. Uh, drug taking and all kinds of stuff and people say oh no it's her fault she shouldn't have been in that situation and all kinds of opinions but it does split the room anyone i've spoken to about this they either love it or they hate it or they love to hate it because they think it's just a really hardcore depiction yeah. the sex scenes are next level like just like in your face literally bum cheeks in your face like <laughs> literally it's mad and it's just yeah it's just so it's so raw and it's based, some of the things that are happening are based on true events. So it even yeah. makes it more, you know, uh, high profile. But yeah, I think, you know, uh, Michaela Cole's a, you know, she's an actor, she's a writer, she produced it as well. And uh, she's, she's had a lot, she's had a lot in, you know, involved in it. Uh, so she's put her heart and soul into it. So I think it's a really good show. It needs to be yeah. watched, but just, yeah, it's just really, really out there. 
Exactly. And for our um, uh, our North American listeners, you can you'll be able to catch us on uh, HBO, and then obviously in the UK, yeah. it's it's on BBC iPlayer yeah. and stuff like that. So you go yeah. out and watch it. Definitely worth it. And Definitely. yeah, you're right. Controversial, but it'll get you talking about something. All right. Okay. Mm. Uh, next one, Devado. Talk, talk us through this one because yeah, just, again, just I, I agree with this. A last one. Just stuck in the last quick one. Sorry. Just Invisible yeah, Man. The, the thing is, we could have done a whole show about this highlights <laughs> and lowlights. We, we could have done a whole show about it. Maybe we'll add some more to next week or something. But yeah, Invisible Man that came out in, I think, March or February uh, 2020 in a cinema just before everything locked down. Uh, again, Blumhouse, uh, the, I think uh, James Wan was in, no, is it Lee Winnell? I can't remember now. One, of the, one yeah, of the right. sort of the saw makers were involved in making this one. The budget was less than, I think the budget was 8 million for this. Something like that, and five it, or six it, it years. So well at the box office, obviously before things were locked down. And it was just a really good spin on the Invisible Man, and uh, Elizabeth. What's her name? Elizabeth Shoe. Is that her name? Moss. No. Elizabeth Moss. Sorry, Elizabeth Moss <laughs> Shoe. Yeah, Elizabeth. But, Elizabeth but Moss actually, there's the a connection. Elizabeth Shoe was in the other one. She was in which one? She was in Hollow Man. Oh, Elizabeth. Oh, was it? Oh my gosh! Look at that. Yeah, my knowledge is just spilling out. I didn't even realise. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah really really good really really good uh film uh quite hardcore in certain places the technology behind the invisible man suit was good it was a bit of a horror a bit of an action a bit of a sci-fi it was just an all-round good film i watched yeah. it twice and yeah. i enjoyed it twice so for me that was a sort of you know undercover highlight uh to, to excuse the pun of the invisibleness but uh it really did <laughs> hit us by surprise that one it, it did, yeah, and absolutely. Uh, rated R, Devaldo. So you said about kind of, mm. yeah, there's moments in there which are a bit kind of shocking. Now, do you reckon we're going to get an invisible woman? Yes, we are. I think so. I think so. We should. They've already sort of talked about this coming out. The way they left it, it has to happen. And uh, she's going to kick ass. Whether it's yeah. going to be her, that actually, you know, is in the sequel. I think it should be because she deserves to yeah. continue it and get another good payday. You know, the first one, I'm sure... Uh, you know, it's only 8 million budget and it done so much more. I think it done 120 million in the box office or something like that. So, uh, yeah, it's looking like a good one. That's definitely high. Yeah. So folks go check out those, uh, those films and like TV show and stuff and, um, let us know what you think about them. Yeah. So like Deval said, we could do a whole show on that, but we can't because we're going to be speaking, uh, just quickly go through box it watch list. I mentioned this yeah. on the show, I think it was maybe a couple of weeks ago. This is the Ripper. So yeah, man, tell us about this. Yeah. Both of the, uh, box set watch list things today are kind of law related. First one, like you say, is the Ripper. It's on Netflix, and this talks about the Yorkshire Ripper, the case that was in the, in England, in the sort of Yorkshire area. That's up north, where the Starks usually are. <laughs> uh, and this happened between the 70s, yeah, I wouldn't say 70s, stroke early 80s, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, this is about someone who literally terrorised uh, the area, killing many women. Uh, and uh, in the teens, I think the the final body count uh, a confirmed body count was like 15 or so, but it could, it could have been more to be honest. Uh, but yeah, this person, his actual name, uh, his, his actual name escapes me now for some reason. Sutcliffe. Uh, P Peter Sutcliffe, isn't it? Is that the one? That's it. Yeah. Peter Sutcliffe. Yeah. He, he actually recently died in, uh, in prison. Yeah. Uh, literally over the past few weeks or months, he recently died. But yeah, this was, this was, uh, it was, terrible the killings you know, you know he strangled and stabbed people he, he preyed on on uh, night workers 
and then he started sort of, you know, going for anyone. Uh, and it talks about the, the the mistakes the police made when they thought he was, you know, that they they received a, a tape from someone saying that it was him and it wasn't him. Uh, they didn't, you know, investigate too thoroughly because the people that were getting killed were all prostitutes. So they didn't really, you know, give it that much attention in certain places. And then, you know, it just, it just the case was just, it was so dynamic. There were so many things that happened in it uh, that made the case, you know, just so, I guess, you know, notorious around the world. So yeah, four parts to this one on Netflix and definitely worth a watch. Yeah, yeah, defo, defo. That's on my yeah. uh, uh, coming up next on my watch thing. And what's the next one that you got for us to Second about? one, I'll quickly talk about this one. This is True Detective. This one stars Maharshala Ali as well as Stephen Dorff. Bit of a bit of a like even that 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 combination alone, uh, just just you know echoes Blade, doesn't Blade. it? Stephen Dorff was in the first Blade. Uh, Maharshala Ali is going to be Blade, so there's a bit of a Blade connection there. But True Detective is on HBO uh, and also on Sky in the UK, and it's about a uh, some you know American uh, detectives that are trying to find a killer. Uh, in this in this third season, it's about uh, missing children, uh, and you know the, the case uh, Maharshala Ali. This is this first first happens in 1980, and uh, throughout the show it sort of covers three timelines: 1980, 1990. And then 2015. So it looks at different parts of his life because you know, the case is never fully solved and it causes him a lot of emotional problems and it goes back and forth. It's, it's done really, really well, actually. And actually does link to the first season of True Detective, which had Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. So there's a bit of a link there. Which was brilliant in my but, eyes. Yeah, I love really that nice first link. season. Yeah, but no, really, really good show. Have you, have you seen it? Or? Uh, I've seen the first season. I, I, okay, yeah, I, I first think season I watched, was good, yeah. Yeah, first season was great. I watched kind of like the first episode of the second season and then I, 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 like something happened. One. Don't waste the time on that one. Yeah. You can skip straight to the third if you third need to. Season. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, so just one and three then. Yeah, I need to just kind of catch up on number three. Yeah, so go check those out, folks. Uh, True Detective and yep. The Ripper. What have we got on trailers, Devaldo? Trailer, one trailer to talk about this week. Um, it is coming to America, as we mentioned before. And yeah, this season return of Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, James L. Jones. We see the guys in the barbershop who are played by, again, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. Uh, we've got Tracy Morgan in this one. We've got a whole bunch of other actors in this. And, and the story is that, you know, Hakeem is coming back to America because he's got a, he's got a son that, that's in America. Wow. <laughs> so he's coming back to uh, find his son. So you can imagine all the madness that's going to go on. Can't wait for this one. We can all watch it from the from the comfort of our own home because it's going to be on Amazon. Uh, I think on the twenty second or something like that in March. So, uh, but yeah, this 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 looks fun, and I think for, for everyone out there that that's seen the first one and loves the first one, just don't compare them. Just you know, just try and enjoy it for what it is, yeah. and I'm pretty sure you'll have a good time. Exactly, I know, I know, and like you said about having expectations, and there's a part of me which is like, oh, you want it to be good, but then you also have to understand that it's never going to come close to the original because things rarely yeah. do. So you just got to go in with this kind of open mind type of thing like that. But yeah, coming to America, go check out the trailer. Uh, I'm sure people will be expecting that one. Uh, all right. Okay. Now let's go over to anniversary corner and Devado, you've got some great ones for us over here. So the first one from 10 years ago, this is Clash of the Titans from 2010. It's got a connection, kind of the mythology and the kind of the, maybe the place right are we got a connection with our main movie yeah a bit of a connection to the, the main movie 
uh, from our anniversary corner films here. And the first one, like you say, is on Greek mythology, Crash of the Titans. This is 2010. This one starred Sam Worthington as Perseus. We had Luke, sorry, Liam Neeson as Release the Kraken, <laughs> uh, Zeus. <laughs> and Ralph Fiennes as Hades. My, my girl, Gemma Atterton as Io. Yeah, she's and, good. Uh, yeah, and also Mads Mikkelsen is in this as well. So really good L- cast, actually. Luke Evans and, as well. Sorry? Luke Evans. Yes, Luke Evans is Apollo. Yeah, he's in it as well. Who's going to be in our film later as well. So the, the link is strong. Yes. But uh, this one here, this is a remake of the 1981 Clash of the Titans. Which is a classic. Uh, yeah, I know that was crazy. Yeah, my gosh. This was like a, a, during Christmas time, you get this kind of Clash of the Titans movies, Sinbad. They always come on TV. <laughs> they always and yeah. you get to see the old school graphics of how the monsters used to look. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like Harry Hamlin but, and that. Uh, the, Medusa, the that fight with Medusa, always a good thing. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's decent. But yeah, Clash of the Titans, 2010, 10 years ago. Still a good watch. So if you can watch that one, give it one up. Give it, give it a watch, guys. Also directed, directed by, just want to quickly, uh, Squeeze it in there. Clash of the Titans was directed by uh, a man called uh, Louis Leterrier, a French guy. He also directed Incredible Hulk in 2008. Is it? Whoa. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Some kind of like, you know, um, Marvel connection there as well. All Mm -hmm. right. Okay. So that was Clash of the Titans. So 15 years ago, what have you got for us? Yeah. Batman Begins. Christopher Nolan, 2015. And this one was, was the beginning of... Yeah, his trilogy, you know, uh, this is uh, Christian Bale's uh, Batman. Michael Caine was in this one. This one sort of saw, saw uh, you know, Ra's al Ghul, Liam Neeson again, who's in this one. And uh, yeah, this was the beginning of a good franchise. And uh, one of the best, obviously, Batman franchises that people uh, really care about. So yeah, this is a good film. Uh, in the beginning of uh, sort of when Christian, sorry, when uh, Christian Bell was cast for this one, there was a massive outpour of, uh, you know, unrest <laughs> within the Batman world. People yeah. didn't like it I know. that he was cast as Batman, but obviously then he changed their mind. So maybe this same thing will happen for, uh, what's our friend's name uh, again? Robert, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, yeah. Maybe the same thing will happen once they see the Batman that he's portraying then maybe people will like it. So yeah, 2015, still a good Batman to watch. The first two for me are the best ones yeah. in this, in this, in this trilogy. Absolutely. Um, it's got Scarecrow as well. You know, it's got some good lines, good music, you know? Yeah. Decent film. Yeah. Brilliant, man. I mean, I mean, you said it all, you said it, I can't add anything mm. more to that. Uh, next one. A lot of weight for this one, you know? Remember he was in the machinist. The machinist. Before. Oh man. And he if you see pictures of him, he had to put on lots of weight. He almost, his doctor said it wasn't good for him. Christian Bale, I'm talking about. So yeah, this one, this film here, it had to do well. It, and it did do well. It did, it did. And um, yeah, man, it's great. If you haven't seen those movies, you need to go check them out. And like Deval said, especially like number one, number one and number two. All right, next one, again, the kind of another kickstart of a huge movie franchise, X-Men from 20 years ago, from the year 2000. Again, this brought us Hugh, Jack, Hugh Jackman's uh, Wolverine. So this was kind of like this big vehicle for, for Hugh Jackman as well. And was he before 2000? Was he, or before X Men? Was he a big, he wasn't a big known star, was he? Hugh Jackman. No, he did a lot of uh, theatre, you know. Yeah. He did a, f- a few movies, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't a massive star like obviously how he is now. But yeah, this this began the whole modern day sort of 
you know, Marvel and, you know, comic book, I think, revival, really. Yeah. Before that, we had Batman and, you know, we had a few movies like that. Uh, you know, but this, this was, yeah, this was a big move. This one, this one was a big one. It was big, man. I'm telling you. And when it yeah. came out, I remember watching it in cinema. I loved the whole kind of, the whole idea of, you know, obviously the X-Men and taking those characters from the TV show and bringing them on screen. Yeah. Man, it was all great. And you know what, man, you've got, um, it, it, it's aged. I, I think it's aged really well. Like I, I remember I watched it a couple of years ago and you're thinking this movie was made in the year 2000. So, mm, yeah. you know, the, the, obviously they didn't have, obviously made like the type of CGI that they've got kind of like, you know, nowadays and everything, but it's this whole thing about kickstarting the franchise and those characters and obviously seeing Hugh Jackman as Wolverine was really great. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, where have you been for the last 20 years? Uh, if you have seen it, what well, maybe it's time to revisit it again. Who knows? Maybe go check it out. And from 25 years ago, 1995, Batman Forever. Now, Divider, I get confused. Is this the one with Val Kilmer or George Clooney? This is the one to forget. This is Val Kilmer. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones, uh, Jim Carrey as the Riddler, uh, Nicole Kidman. This one was one to forget. This one, uh, yeah, it was just Joel Schumacher. I mean, yeah, yeah rubbish. Yeah, exactly. I know, I know. Rubbish. And wasn't this the one? Oh yeah, this is it where we get introduced to Robin. So Robin's in this one and there's yeah. that whole, there's a whole kind of like little backstory with, um, with Robin, like Dick Grayson and everything and how he becomes Robin. And, and then there's, um, at the end of it, do we get to see Batwoman as well? Batgirl in there as well? Alicia Silverstone. I don't know. Is she in this one? I haven't seen this one to be honest. I never will. But yeah it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's not great. I don't know if she was in this one, to be honest. She might have been towards the end, like you say. Apparently. Also, John, John Favreau was in this one as well. <laughs> John Favreau. Oh, my gosh. Apparently, John Favreau. Apparently, Jim Carrey and um, what's his name? Tommy Lee Jones. They, they, they didn't get on well with each other. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh because oh, Jim Carrey, he's so like out there, isn't he? He's just so outlandish. And, yeah. and, and Tommy Lee Jones is just kind of like straight-faced like po poker faced all the time. And apparently their two uh, personalities just kind of like didn't get on well. So if you go online, you can read about it. Yeah, it's quite funny. Uh, all right. Okay. Now this next one from 30 years ago, these are all time classic movies from a classic movie star, which unfortunately we don't get to see on our screens, but China O'Brien man, Oh yeah. gosh, China Bryce, Cynthia Rotherock. We spoke about her uh, last oh, two weeks she ago. She is a gangster. She needs to be respected. She needs to be in the next Expendables, man. They oh, need to call man. her. They need Seriously. to call her. Back in the days, this came out in 1990. Part two also came out in 1990. Man, you see how they used to make movies back then. How can back you bring out two films in the same, in the same year? <laughs> oh gosh man she's great and when you see kind of like if you go online if you go on youtube and you see the fight scenes that she's yeah. uh, she's been involved with man and if you watch the documentary that we spoke or that we that we spoke about on last week's episode the she could take a beating like she, she speaks about this whole thing about you know no wires none of this sort of stuff you know yeah, they, exactly. sometimes she would get kicked in the face and like booted up the bum and like all this sort of stuff like you know it happens yeah so uh, it's real deal. She was the real deal. Got a lot of respect. She got a lot of respect. I mean, the first one came out in February tw 1990. The second one, China O'Brien 2, came out in 19, sorry, came out in June 
Only four months later. I mean, <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> they weren't messing around, but yeah, I thought, you know what, this film needs to go be on here. All the films in Anniversary Corner are action, sort of comic-y, kind of Greek history, but also we had to make sure we put a, 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 a movie on here with a strong female lead. China O'Brien is exactly that. If you look in the, if you look in the dictionary, her picture should be in there. So, uh, you know, definitely Cynthia Ruffrock is a gangster not to be messed with. Not to be messed with that one. And you can find her on Instagram and social media and all that sort of yeah. stuff. She posts like regularly. All right. Okay, folks, it's time for us to go uh, through our film review. So the movie that we are going to be speaking about is Wonder Woman 1984. And Deval actually went out. He's been sitting on this review for a while now. So this is, he waited. He waited for me to play catch up. So I went to watch it. Uh, went to, uh, yeah, I watched it on Wednesday. Was it Tuesday, Wednesday? I went to go watch it. Local cinema over here. And uh, Deval saw it kind of like uh, the week beforehand. And uh, well, it was, it was a bit of a trek for you as well, Deval. Didn't, didn't you, what did you have to go to go yeah, watch it? Yeah, I, I had to sort of drive to a suitable cinema to watch it because at the time there was lots of lockdowns and stuff happening so yeah had to make it happen yeah yeah exactly so we made it happen for you guys uh so yeah so uh wonder woman so where are we in the whole kind of wonder woman universe devaldo um so the first one came out in 2017 obviously gal yep. gadot she plays uh diana prince and you know wonder woman and then we had chris pine in that one as well and i to be honest with you i can't even remember who the other players were who were they in the first one yeah like who were the other like guys oh the first one we had uh it was like a, a, a motley crew, isn't it? So the first one we had, oh, what's the guy's name again? The guy, uh, oh, his name escapes him, but it was like a, a motley crew, but a bit similar to how, what's his name? Uh, Captain America well, had had his motley crew, remember? When he had like a, like oh, a crew of yes. for the howling commando. So she had like a, her own kind of howling commando uh, sort of, I guess, crew of people yeah. that she was with. Uh, Robin Wright members in this one. She's from uh, uh, House of Cards. We had, uh, I can't remember say his name, Saeed Tagamu. He's the, the sort of moroccan kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, we had, yeah, just a, f- a few people, but they weren't really uh, sort of, you know, headline grabbing uh, people, but they were all part of her sort of crew to help her sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. If I can put it that way. Yeah. And then that movie ended with kind of obviously tragedy for Diana Prince and, you know, uh, Steve, yeah. Steve. Um, Trevor, Steve, Steve Trevor, Steve Trevor. He kind of like this pilot in World War Two, and you know he dies, and you know she she loved him, and and in the second movie, so you know fast forward to twenty twenty, she's still pining for him. The, you know, pun intended yeah. there, and um, you know she's kind of like you know living in the eighties, and so what I liked about this this uh, initially first was this kind of whole setup of being set in the in the 80s like this is a man's world like you know that whole kind of the sexism chauvinism and all that stuff playing on in the background over here and um so it's you know she's kind of part of that that world and yeah man diana prince she's doing she's working in a museum uh is where we meet her and stuff and she's still missing um steve yeah she's it's, it, i think that it kind of shows that she's quite a loner because uh, mm. she's out of her time everyone's you know she's she ages differently, so everyone's kind of gotten old. It kind of shows shows us her friend from Wonder Woman Two, Etta, yeah. the bubbly lady. She's aged out, and uh, she's kind of alone. Yeah, a bit like how Captain America would have been if he wasn't on ice, really. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, they, their stories kind of echo each other a little bit for me. Uh, so 
Yeah, it's a bit of a sad one. She, you know, she's all hot and stuff and she's got no one to keep her warm, you know. <laughs> exactly. And then, lo and behold, through the magic of, um, I don't know, artifacts. Do you remember, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the, the Greek gods or, or the Olympian gods or whatever, they, they imbued their power into these kind of objects and the, yeah. the, the crux of the story is that one of these objects, you know, falls into the hands of a character called Max Lord, who's played by the Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, Pedro Pascal. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I don't know, this movie, I kind of, I'll be honest with you, I enjoyed it more than I did the first one. Okay, so that's number one. Oh, okay. Uh, Pedro Pascal, I thought was, it was weird just seeing Pedro Pascal. I don't know why it was just weird seeing it. Cause I've got so used to him being the Mandalorian and to have yeah, this kind of, this, him. <laughs> yeah. And to have this wordy role. Cause this guy is nonstop. He is, he talks like nonstop and he wants this, he wants that. And he's going there and he's going there and he's, you know, he's granting wishes left, right and center. And, um, um, and before you know it, he, this object, it grants anyone who touches it and who wishes for something, the object grants that wish. So Diana, she wishes that Steve was alive and in her life again. So lo and behold, he's there. And um, Kristen Wiig's character, Minerva, she wishes that she was like, uh, you know, a Wonder Woman. So then she somehow gets these magical powers. And then, you know, Pedro Pascal's character, he just goes off on one. And this is kind of this fat whole fantastical thing. And there are things in it which are really kind of like taxing on the mind. And you're like, oh God, like I want to fast forward this. But I have to say, Devel, I, I mean, I, I, I I think it was Christian Wiggs' character and I think it was Pedro Pascal. I think those guys are the ones that kind of kept him up. I wish that they had a bit more of those. And okay. Wonder Woman, there's something missing about Wonder Woman this time around. Yeah, I can tell you exactly what it is when I, when I, when I, rip, when I, when I rip into it. I can tell you exactly tell me, please, what it is. Please do. <laughs> well, for, for, yeah, the note for me, Oh, the first one, yeah. I, 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 I didn't even like the first one that much. I like, I liked parts of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get <laughs> I you. The first one, the, the writing and just, it just, I don't know. It didn't really land. Uh, I liked a few of the action scenes in it. I liked the overall gist of it, but the first one for me was a letdown, and I was surprised. Obviously, the whole world loved it. Second one for me is even worse. Yeah. I like. I'm like, what were they? I get like, I, I get the whole. You know, I get the 80s sort of vibe and I get the megalomaniac kind of, you know, because back in those days, that's how baddies were, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, so I get I get why Pedro Pascal's a bit crazy in it. Uh, I get all that kind of stuff. I do like the way they made Steve Trevor come back mm. because obviously the, I don't know what it was, what was it called? The Rock of Eternity or whatever it Something, was, that, the yeah. magical artifact that gave people their wishes. I like the way it made him come back in someone else's you know, kind of body. That thought to myself, how the heck is he coming back? Well, that was clever. Uh, I like the colors, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And just, uh, yeah, I like the whole, the whole look of it, the aesthetic of it, if I can say that. But for me, the, the letdown, I mean, she, she oh, okay, let me just rip, let me just rip Wonder <laughs> Woman. Yeah. Please do. Her as a character. I, don't, I like Gal Gadot playing her. I don't, I don't, you know, I like it. It's cool, whatever. But I, What's missing for me is just when I first, you know what, for me, the, 
<laughs> Wonder Woman in <laughs> Batman Superman, yeah. just her little cameo in that was better than the whole film for me. Yeah, yeah. When she entered that film and we heard that music, <laughs> that music for me, we didn't even hear it in this film. <laughs> Where oh, was it? Yeah, you're right. Where was that music? That's her theme. Like, what is going on? They had so many chances where they could have just played it and just, you know, just brought the film down, you know, and yeah, no, yeah, they didn't play it. And like for me, she, she wasn't a fighter. It's almost like this is the fourth time we've seen her fight and it was the worst time. Her fighting in this was shit. Yeah. No sword, no shield. And, and now you're telling me she can fly. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. So we injustice. Uh, the one thing that I got annoyed about though was this whole thing about you know the, the invisibility thing I know it's part of her powers yeah. oh like, my, that was so lame <laughs> she just rubs her hands together and t- <laughs> that was super lame that that bit was lame but uh, I mean the other big thing that I got to kind of say now that we're kind of shitting on it is what the hell were they doing with the CGI when it came to yeah. Cheetah Oh yeah, my no, yeah, yeah, gosh, yeah. it's that's hard to terrible. get cats right, man. I mean, they're learning cats. It's hard to get cats right. That's bad. Well, I think that they made her too catty. She, they should have made her her face less catty and just kept it on her body because yeah. that might have been okay, you know. But but yeah, I mean, for me, Wonder Woman for me was a letdown. Like she yeah. she just wasn't Wonder Woman for me. Her, her, her the way she's flying now, she, her lack of battle skills, that suit that she had, that was like. Anyone could scratch through it. I mean, what was the use? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she puts on this, this suit know, that's supposed to be mad suit. powerful, and my girls are scratching it off like it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I like didn't. I didn't like foil. that. I, I, I totally didn't like that. I, I tell you what. I liked when Kristen Wiig's character, when she was kind of like mean and she was kind of like turning that kind of dark element. Yeah, that was yeah, all good. Yeah. But then when she became Cheetah, nah. Mm. You know what? I was just like, this is really, really lame. And then the ending. Uh, we we kind of spoke about this. Um, you know, off the off recording and stuff. The ending was just kind of like you said, wrapped up in a bow. It was just nice yeah, and neat. Like a, cartoon, and then, like a cartoon for me. Like, you know how cartoons sometimes just end and it's all happily ever after. Yeah. It just ended a bit. Well, apart from obviously the sacrifices they had to make, which is justified. Uh, but there was one part of the film when she was talking to Steve Trevor and he was saying, oh, you got to go, you got to go. And she was like, no, I want you. That bit for me actually felt like I was in a movie set because yeah. she just sort of, she left him around the corner and that was it. That's the end. That's the last we saw. That him. was it. And then she just runs she, off and flies off. Yeah. And it's just the whole flying thing for me is just a bit, a bit annoying because we've seen her in modern day and she ain't got shit. <laughs> she ain't, she can't do that shit. Yeah. She's, her, her fighting has somehow, I I could maybe make sense as in her fighting. No, because her fighting in Wonder Woman 1 was better. It seems like in this one, she, 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 where was her tools? Where was, oh, I don't understand. I Maybe it would, have, it would have been too easy if she had a sword and shield. But the the lasso of truth, I mean, yeah, that 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 had a lot to do in this film. They, yeah, it does. It was just different. And sometimes different is good, but in this case for me, different wasn't any good. And we'll talk about the hidden gem really briefly afterwards. Yeah. But I wish, you know, the hidden gem for me was, was much better, better than this film. And I learned a lot more about Wonder Woman in the hidden gem than I, I did know. in this film. I know it's crazy so yeah like with me I mean yeah like you know when you highlight like that yeah I'm looking back now I'm just thinking shit yeah there was a lot more things wrong with the movie and um, uh, for for me just going back I mean it's just those 
probably Kristen Wiig's character, which kind of like, you yeah. know, that was kind of like, you know, the funny bits in there and seeing Pedro Pascal doing that whole megalomaniac thing and like, you know, amping it up, like, you know, to, mm. you know, 11 on the, on the level there. It's just kind of like, you know, those were those standout moments. But for me, Wonder Woman, it wasn't, like yeah from like the 2017 those fight scenes and from Justice League and all that sort of stuff so there's a definitely a lot to be desired there and apparently loads of people have complained about the whole cats thing uh, you know the the whole kind of CGI thing with the cat and apparently Patty Jenkins she was uh, being interviewed and she said the one thing that she was adamant about was getting mm. the CGI for the cat right and I've got to tell you one thing folks they did not get it right whatever foot she had to put down to get the CGI like that oh my gosh it's like <laughs> it's like what is it was like before isn't it <laughs> exactly it's just they should have just left her like what she was before and i get it they wanted to make her kind of like some apex predator and she's got to be like seriously unbelievably powerful but oh man like come on man it's just yeah it was it was lame so the, the villain you know like a cartoon character villain in max lord and then the 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 villain as in the, the superpower villain yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of like pretty lame. But let's speak about this hidden gem, Devaldo. So we, uh, we speak quickly speak about this. This one is called Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. And Devout, I did not even know anything about this until you said, oh, check out the hidden gem. So um, yeah, so I watched this hidden gem and oh, can you believe this whole story, man? With this whole idea of where Wonder Woman came from. Yeah, it's for me, this was a great, great film. It, uh, I didn't know the history of Wonder Woman that, that, that well. Uh, the, the person that made uh, or discovered or created Wonder Woman, Professor Marston, was a professor of uh, psychology, I believe. And he also created the, the truth, the, the lie detector. The test. lie detector, yeah. And it, it actually, you know what? That is just so telling because what does Wonder Woman use? Yes, the lasso of truth. Absolutely. So it's just so, it just, for me, that was just a wicked way to, to just sort of bring his psychological sort of academic skills into the comic books and make something that, you know, he's actually discovered in real life as well. But yeah, this movie, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman is a great movie. 2017, it came out. So the same year as Wonder Woman Part yeah. One, uh, well acted by Luke Evans, Rebecca Hall, Bella Heathcote, uh, among others, directed by Angela Robinson, who is a... Uh, I want to say maybe a feminist director, uh, putting words into her mouth maybe, but all the things I've seen her direct and create are all sort of, you know, powerful sort of female f figures. Uh, she did, she did Debs, which was like a, like a, uh, like a group of, of, uh, of women that were like a, a government uh, sort of ragtag group that went off and, you know, solved like, you know, world problems and all that. Megan Good was in that one as well. Okay. Uh, but yeah, this, this film here, there's a lot of, uh, sort of equal rights being spoken about. And the, the, the person that created Wonder Woman and him and his wife were both, you know, really on the equal rights and wanted women to prosper. Uh, and it sort of shows in the film as well. So yeah, I really think this this film here was for me. It had so many layers to it. Just just let you understand, you know, why Wonder Woman is how she is. It talks yeah. about the the conception of her in the comic books and how maybe the the you know society wasn't really ready for a female uh, sort of lead character like that. 
bit by bit society accepted her but then she had to dress a certain way yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you, you you learn why she dresses the way she does and it does come from a bit of bondage actually yeah uh, you know one woman wears like a, 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 a was it a guard a, a girdle no what's yeah. it called i don't know i don't know what this thing is called i don't I, know I just, what that thing is i just look at them but what's <laughs> the thing that goes around their body and it's really tight Oh, um, oh, you know, you know what it is. I, I know, know what it is, but it. I can't think about it right now. <laughs> but listen, devout, like you know, with this corset, movie, a corset? corset, yeah, that's kind of like what they wore. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, I, it's kind of like a corset type of a thing. But you know, devout, yeah. you know, with this with this film, you know, obviously people when they read about it, they'll think, oh, that's the person who created Wonder Woman. But you know what? This movie doesn't just go into the obviously the creation yeah. of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about his life and about the relationship that he had with two women. Yes. This guy yes. was living true life, true life, true life mm. based on a true story. So he had a polyamorous relationship. He had his wife, his legal wife, but he also had another partner and the three of them, you know, it's depicted in this movie. They lived together. They had sex together. They had kids together. They had mm-hmm. this crazy, crazy relationship. Back in those days, you know, when it was like, you know, you couldn't even really kiss in public, you know? Back in the 30s and 40s where everything, yeah. everyone was so conservative and like restricted. Like, you know, there was no thing like, you know, women's rights was obviously gaining a lot of traction and stuff, but it was still like women are to mm. be kind of like, you know, not seen and, and like, you know, uh, that type of thing. So man, this movie goes into a lot of that detail, but the whole origin of, of Wonder Woman devout, the beginning, those beginning comics, the amount of bondage, yep. the amount of whipping and like, you know, tying up on all that <laughs> stuff is wicked. Mm, and, and that's, no, she's got, she's got a, she's pretty much got a whip, hasn't she? She dresses in the, the knee yeah. high boots kind of thing. The, the, uh, the thing that she wears, like pretty much like pants. Uh, and in the comics, a lot of what happens in there, she's getting spanked or she's spanking people. Yep. Like in the early years, you know, she's always, always getting tied up or tying people up. And it all stems back from that kind of uh, bond, bondage kind of uh, situation. And Professor Marston had a, a, a theory, a psychological theory, or he, he sort of used a lot of his work based on it. It's called DISC yes. uh, model. Of behavioral styles, and that's to do with uh, uh, dis- uh, dominance, dominance, inducement. Uh, sorry, what was that? Uh, I think it was dominance, inducement, uh, submission, and then compliance. I think that's what it was. That's the one. Oh, you got a good memory, man. Yeah. Teacher, teach. Yeah. I mean, I started looking <laughs> so, yeah, into it. I was like, how can I start cream. dominating people? No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're so right. And that's, that's like what he used to sort of in his own life and what he used to teach in his classes and stuff like that. And then some of that theory that was actually portrayed in the comics, you know, some, some of the images that were seen and obviously regular people won't know anything about that, but that's actually where it came from. So yeah. And even Wonder Woman, when you look at the movie and stuff, obviously she, she ties people up and yeah. stuff. <laughs> I know. It's so true. <laughs> and with what, her last little truth. Yeah. And what made me kind of think about this was kids like back in the forties, cause uh, Wonder Woman, she debuted, like, I think it was in the, in the forties or something. Yeah. Like mid forties or whatever it was, 41 or 42. And kids are reading this, but they probably didn't get like where the whole thing was coming from and the messages that he was trying to kind of put in those comics is based on, like you said, on his psychological, on his teachings and like, you know, the theories that he had, man, it's fascinating stuff. Listen, go out and watch this. Now, can people check, can, can people get this on uh, Rakuten? Uh, Yes, they can. Yeah. So if you, if you send us your, 
uh, movie highlights of, tw- of 2020, we can send you a Rakuten code and you can watch this from the comfort of your own home. Do it, do it. And I think you'll have a better time than watching um, Wonder Woman 1984. Because, yeah, it's I'll give really this good. an 8 out of 10 and I'll give, yes. the, I'll give the actual movie uh, a 5. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which is probably yeah, yeah, one of my yeah. lowest rated comic book movies, actually. Yeah, yeah, me, I mean, five and a half, six, I mean, for me. But uh, this movie, this Professor Martin and the Wonder Woman, that's really, really great. And um, yeah, you'll get to learn about where the actual, the origins of the character and who inspired Wonder Woman, which is great, fascinating stuff. Devout, I think that's all we've got time for actually on this one. Yeah, a bit of a bigger show this this year, this uh, to end the year. But yeah, you guys deserve it. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed what we've been putting out for 2020. Uh, obviously always open to hear your views and your requests so please continue to communicate via all social media channels and uh yeah we've got a lot more planned for you in 2021 2021 is going to be a great year great 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 yeah so good stuff coming from us uh keep it locked with the flicksters and uh, that's all from me peace out guys and don't forget to follow us on instagram facebook youtube and twitter just pop in the flicksters podcast